Mystic Fix, a program for the whole being with Julia Gordon Bramer on News Talk STL. Welcome to Mystic Fix. I'm Julia Gordon Bramer. I'm a poet, an author, and a scholar of mysticism. Today, we're going to meet Matthew Ash McKernan, who is going to talk to us about weird craft and all things weird. This is in alignment with the Judgment card, which is a card about fate and destiny. And weird craft was directly channeled through the fates. McKernan introduces us to the concept of weird. This is W-Y-R-D, a web of being that connects everything. Weird encompasses all organisms, ecosystems, matter, phenomena, purposes, and possibilities. It is destiny, nature, soul, magic, and mystery intertwined. Let's learn some more. Well, I'm really happy to introduce today the author Matthew Ash McKernan, who's a licensed psychotherapist, ecotherapist, bard, uh, after my own heart there, I'm also a poet, naturalist, and weird worker. And and we're spelling weird, W-Y-R-D, after the Germanic paganism, right? Correct. Okay, so so Ash, um, let's talk a little bit about this book you've got, Weird Craft, Healing Self and Nature Through the Mysteries of the Fates. Really interesting approach. You know, I, I read a lot of mythology. I, I love myth, but I don't hear a lot of people drawing from the fates as, as a source of wisdom. Uh, so why don't we start there and, and how, how you came upon that? Yeah, well, I guess I've always been drawn to the fates, just their mystery, because because they're not talked about a lot. And because they aren't, you know, they're, they're not, they are mentioned here and there in different pagan circles and, you know, invoked in ritual and evoked as the Norns. That's one, one version of them. So, but um, yeah, they've, they've just mystified me for so long. And, and it was coming across that concept of weird that helped me to understand the fates and what the fates, who they are, what they're doing, what, or what it is doing or, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think of the three maidens, you know, of, of mythology. Um, I can't say that I remember their names. Maybe you can remind remind me, remind us. Yeah. Well, there, there's the Moirai uh, of Greek mythology, uh, the Parse of Roman mythology and the Norns of Norse mythology. And there's fates all over the all over the world from other cultures. But um, those are the three, like the the triple versions and you know there's clotho atropos and uh you know i'm spacing on the on the moirai but the norns are urth ferthandi and skuld and, and, and weird yeah. and what do they do um they carve they carve the fates of of everything in existence uh, including the gods uh, including humanity nature you know the the fates are kind of even in Greek mythology, they're they're almost like a multi, they're they're in a dimension kind of beyond even the gods and goddesses. 
Mm-hmm. This uh, this sort of triple goddess idea is all through mysticism. You know, whether you want to look at it like maiden, mother, crone, or whether you want to p- look at past, present, future, um, it's almost always represented by these women. We we see them in the tarot, in the the three of cups, and and uh, yeah. So it 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 intrigues me. So how did you find them to be? a source of wisdom for personal growth and, and really self-actualization that that's what you're going for here. Correct. Yeah. And healing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I found them through my, through my healing, my healing process. Um, but, but also just my, my process of exploring nature. So mm-hmm. I grew up in nature and, and that that's where I felt the call of the fates most clearly, or, or the call of weird in a sense. And that led into nonconformity, that led into uh, music, that led into psychedelics, led into becoming a therapist, that led into different pagan groups and meeting different people at the right, you know, synchronistic mm-hmm. times and finding magic. And But ultimately, I, I do believe it, it, it is a healing, a healing path. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so everything you've said, I can totally relate to, you know, getting into nature, even even psychedelics. And yet um, I'm not sure that I would have tumbled into this Germanic paganism called weird. (laughs) You know, I I wore my T-shirt for you, by the way, Um, the the traditional spelling. (laughs) But uh, but what uh, you know, was that just synchronicity that you found that or were you looking for that? Well, that's a good question. But, yeah, I've been looking. Definitely had been looking my whole life uh, without without really um, having any I don't know expectation of what that was going to be. You know, I found I found weird through a lot of different faces. Like Tao Taoism was was one of the early ones that made sense of the nature of things to me, and mm-hmm. and ultimately it eventually brought me to weird. And I think that was partly because I wanted to explore my my personal ancestry and, and go into my, my ancestral roots. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, they, they come from Northern Europe, from Germany, from Wales, England, Ireland, Scotland. And that, that is where weird comes from, from kind of Great Britain area. Um, it was, it's from the Germanic peoples who migrated North out of mm-hmm. Europe into that area and moved up into Scandinavia as well. But what kind of Celtic or, or Druid or or something else? It would be it would be Anglo-Saxon. Weird uh-huh. weird is Anglo-Saxon word. And so um yeah, very adjacent to Celtic and and Druid and and also Norse. So it's all kind of a mishmash and Anglo Anglo-Saxons were this kind of melting pot of of lots of different tribes and groups and stuff. Yeah. So do we get our, our word that we use today weird from W-Y-R-D? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. where it comes from. And and it means the same thing. And you know, back then it meant as as we use it today, it's very similar. You know, it, it is uh-huh. the same thing. Um, kind but, of on the fringe. Yeah, weird, strange, odd, eccentric, sometimes scary, sometimes dangerous. Mm-hmm. But um but ultimately, yeah, weird used to have a lot more depth. You know, weird with a Y um, uh-huh. was like the soul. And so with time, we lost the soul. We lost the depth experience over time of weird. And it became this more surface level kind of brush it off like, oh, that was weird. 
Um, yeah. But it's returning. You know, the 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 soul is is coming back into the world, of course, through and not just through weird. Through, it's all over all over the world through magic, uh-huh. paganism. Yeah. You know. What what do you hope that um, readers will take away from weird craft? That that we we are all that we create our we create our world we create um what is happening and that we have a lot more power than we know and that there is a way to heal and to realize at the same time there's there is a way to go into the depths and go into those scary places and have those difficult experiences difficult conversations um, do shadow work, you know, and through that work, we can uh, reveal our weird, reveal the nature of the greater weird, and in the process, heal um, the web, the entirety of the web of life, which is mind, body, relationship, environment, soul, and spirit, because all of those things are interwoven and interconnected, and there's right. wound in all of them. So, Weird craft helps us to see the weird through all of it, to see the wounds and to address them in, in skillful so ways. Are you saying, is it like oneness then? Like my wound is your wound or, or is it that we get wounded and it reverberates across our lives in all these different ways or both? Yeah. All yeah. Both. Okay. Uh-huh. Interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of suggested that you had a personal journey. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that is a long story, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah. in, a, in way, a minute, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, it's been a healing journey and it's been, it's, it's been my fate. It's been my weird to, um, to find weird and, and to write this book. And so uh, my journey is kind of, it is somewhat encapsulated in the book though. Um, but yeah, it has traveled through lots of different realms, lots of different paths, spiritual paths. And um, I've had the lucky, I've had guidance from people and from um, gods and goddesses and, you know, spirits. And um, I'm still on it very much. You know, my my soul is is on a path homeward, homeward bound. And I think that everybody's soul and soul in general is on that path to return to source. So that's, yeah. that's been kind of my journey and it, it will continue. And, and this book's a part of it. And yeah, I, I just hope to invite people's awareness into this journey too, uh, into this weird, very weird journey. Cause it is strange. It's bizarre. The name, the, the, you know, the truth is very bizarre. Uh-huh. Do, do you give um, practices, rituals, things like that to the reader? in the book? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's almost 50 different um, exercises or what I call weirding ways mm-hmm. uh, in, in the book. And yeah, there are a lot of med- meditations, a lot of working with nature, working with elements, um, some psychotherapeutic exercises that I learned while in grad school, like um, doing gestalt, different awareness experiments using gestalt therapy techniques and um and shamanic shamanic techniques that I've learned from teachers and just being in, in ceremony and 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 a lot of stuff that I've just learned by just sitting for extended periods of time in nature and, and stillness and 
and exploring a lot of exploring so exploring the nature of the of the wild but also the nature of the city the nature of you know human relationship and um, the divine relationship and um, is there um is there a takeaway ash that you could uh give our listeners right now like you know just something they could do before they find your book just to practice on their own a bit yeah yeah just bring as much awareness to the present moment um as you can as yeah as much as you can for for as long as you can and just keep keep doing that just the more the more awareness the more that you will see weird and the more you will understand uh, your fate and destiny and and your nature and your soul and your magic so that kind of kind of back to mindfulness you know that that's always the message that that everyone returns to in one way or the other so that's yeah. interesting yeah With awareness comes choice and that and those choices can be guided towards healing and and love and you know all that so mm. yeah how, how do you see the archetypes fitting into um some of this you know with mythology uh working with modern day healing and growth yeah well the archetypes in a way are kind of natural laws they're that's manifestations of nature and coming to know the coming to know them we come to know our own nature and we come to know the our own soul and the soul that connects us to the outer world so it's it is a unification process where we see inner and outer um coming together as above so below and yeah it's uh it's fun it's creative it's very soulful and it's magical and and it is healing and it's dangerous can be sometimes mm. because these are very powerful energies that um if we're not conscious we can act out their shadow side you know like the destructive side which is happening all around the world so wow yeah. interesting More, yeah yeah the trickster right the trickster is a huge part of what's happening in our world so the more awareness we bring to the to these archetypes um the more we become aware of both their kind of light side and their shadow side and how they manifest in our own lives and we can make new different choices and you know effectively create a magical change through through the whole web oh that's so cool so so ash you're you're saying really um in addition to our own healing um uh, we can gain an understanding of what's happening in the world and we can work toward healing that as well that's yeah a real real cool closing idea um what uh what's a good way for people to reach you if they wanted to yeah i have a instagram page called weird wild web w y r d w i l d w e b weird okay. wild web and also a web page same www.weirdwildweb can email me i have a facebook page ash mckernan um that's 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 it you know just those okay. three things and yeah i'm definitely open to hearing from people and would love to Fantastic. hear experiences with the book so yeah 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 well i i'm excited to dive in on my own weird journey here and i appreciate your time yeah thanks for having me thanks thank you yep. that was author and psychotherapist matthew ash mckernan 
Stay with us in part two when we meet Astria Taylor talking about inspiring creativity through magic. Be right back. This is Mystic Fix with Julia Gordon-Bramer on News Talk STL. And we are back with Mystic Fix. In part one, we met Matthew Ash McKernan and explored weird craft. And now we're going to look at inspiring creativity through magic with Estrella Taylor. Take a listen. Estrella Taylor, I'm so happy to have you here today on Mystic Fix. You are the author of Inspiring Creativity Through Magic, How to Ritualize Your Art and Attract the Creative Spirit with Llewellyn Publishers. Welcome. Thank you so much, Julie. It's great to be here. You bet. And and so you are an eclectic pagan witch, um, also the author of Air Magic and Intuitive Witchcraft and co-author of Modern Witchcraft with the Greek Gods. Um, That really appealed to me. I'm a myth uh, buff. I I just love mythology and uh, and there's so much wisdom in it. Let's talk about your book a little bit. How do you define the connection between creativity and magic? Okay. Well, I think there's a huge overlap. First of all, I think that um, we talk about arts, we talk about the crafts that could mean either creativity or a magical practice. Uh, And, you know, even uh, there are certain words like inspiration and Mm -hmm. enchantment, charm. Um, These words have these root kind of meanings in common. So I think that um, I'm a creative person. I'm a very spiritual person as well. And once I realized that I could overlap the two, I started getting a lot more out of my creativity. It was almost Mm. as if I turned the light on and I could kind of like see the past that like the processes and things that were going on. And that really helped me come through. And in fact, it helped me write my first full length book ever. And, um, that was uh, six books ago. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I, I think any any artist knows that you're going to a, a different place mentally when you're creating, mm-hmm. uh, when you're you're feeling through something, you're channeling something, and uh, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, as I was um, growing up, I had a very traditional upbringing, I guess you could say, in in the Episcopal Church. And I remember being maybe 12 or 13 and going on a a church retreat, and they essentially taught us automatic writing on that retreat. And and that I took with me as as a writer my whole life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and so whether you want to say it's God or you want to say you're channeling something. So uh, I'm I'm with you, sister. (laughs) Um, How can... How does, from your point of view, how does incorporating magic enhance the artistic process? Well, kind of like you're saying, and a lot of other artists have said, including writers like Elizabeth Gilbert, um, you know, you just kind of get in this mindset where something else comes through. 
And a lot of times people can call it God, like you said, sometimes people call it their higher self or their animistic self, their lower self, whatever it is. Um, They could call it like some kind of external spirit that's guiding them. However you want to think of it, I think it's okay. And to really get in that process and that flow state is so wonderful. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about inspiration. It means to breathe into. And there's kind of the connotation that something is like breathing into you, breathing ideas and inspiration with the Mm. element of air, of course. Uh, and, and just kind of filling your mind with all this energy and all these ideas and excitement for it as well. So that's one aspect of it. But then the second aspect really is kind of like um, when I figured out that I could create this ritual to get the creative creativity going and the creative spirit flowing into me, that's when things started to really get magical for me. And so a lot of times with rituals, you know, we just do whatever works. You don't have to um, call the quarters. You don't have to Um, cast a circle or anything like that, but using magical correspondences really helps. Can you explain what, what the ritual is that you use? Yeah, sure. So whenever I write, I use a certain number of different things. So I think of the elements, I think of music, especially using headphones for my music. And this is like very uh, thematic music for whatever I'm writing. I also like to use incense or essential oils to help me just block out everything else that's going on. It just helps me get my mindset in the right frame of mind. I like to use a candle kind of as like a a mirror to my own energy. You know, I'm using energy. The candle is using energy. I like to use a few stones and herbs as well. And I have to have my beverage, whether it's a cup of coffee or a cup of herbal tea. It's just so magical to drink that in. And it also helps me stay hydrated through those long hours of creating. Sure, sure. Now, now your book is full of many ideas, right? I mean, you, you've got all kinds of practices and exercises and um, I was, I was really I, intrigued. I, I would love to dive into this and, and uh, see what I, I, I'm kind of curious to what I may already be doing kind of yeah. intuitively mm-hmm. and uh, and what new stuff you can teach me here. Um, you have spells as well. So so you're really taking it from the witch side. <laughs> yes, the magic is really hardcore. I, I feel like spells, they don't have to take a long time. They don't have to take a lot of intention or a lot of energy, even just the slightest shift. Uh, in your mindset is what you want. And that can take, you know, 20 seconds, 10 seconds, even, Mm -hmm. Um, of course, there are ones that will last longer if you wish, but. And and don't you think it's really all about intention, right? It's about what, what you want to make happen and and putting your energy toward that. Yeah. Um, So how do you address skeptics? Do you, do you get a lot of pushback for what you teach? I guess that, um, I believe everyone has their own take on everything. And mostly I just hope that other people would extend the same respect to me that I respect to that, you know, that I have for them in their own processes, because really we're living in a world of personal gnosis and there is a predominant, you know, theology way of thinking, way of believing about things. But I mean, there are 
that's basically a bell curve. And there's always going to be people on the edges of the bell curve. And I, I don't really get into discussions or arguments with people about that. I just kind of just leave and say, okay, you do your thing. I'll do mine. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> and then- now, in our um, in our emails back and forth, you, you talked about being inspired by Hilma of Clint. Mm-hmm. And I looked her up. That's K-L-I-N-T. And I looked her up. She's a Swedish artist and mystic, kind of turn of the century, um, considered one of the the first abstract artists that really surprised me, like before Kandinsky and and um, and, and uh, you know, I was just reading a little bit about her, uh, inspired by Theosophy and Madame Blavatsky and seances and and Spiritism, which was very big around the turn of the century, and um, and and Rudolf Steiner, who is a, a philosopher and spiritualist that I've given a lot of study to. Um, tell me how Hilma of Clint informed your work. Well. When you hear that somebody else has a similar process as you do, it really reinforces the fact that, you know, you're not alone in this and that maybe you're onto something kind of clever or interesting or helpful. And so, yes, she was this artist and she channeled this spirit and this spiritual energy, uh, maybe several spirits to create this beautiful, transcendent, strange, abstract art, as you said. And it was so, it's, it was so not of its time. She was so ahead of her time. I just saw the movie last week mm-hmm. with my best friend and it was amazing. It blew me away. I highly recommend if you can see the movie Hilma, uh, do it. But okay. yeah, so she uh, really just kind of provided this template for um, here's how I do things. Here's what I think of things. And here's how it comes through for me. And she actually had two different periods, at least where she let the spirit come through a hundred percent and she dialed it back and let the spirit come through and her own self come through as well. So, mm. um, you know, I think that there is a dial we can tune to say like, what do you want to come through? Like, do you want it to go a hundred? Do you want to go lesser? Um, And I talk about that a little bit in the book as well, you know, just experimenting with the creative spirit and what actually does come through. So do you think it can be too much? Like, are there precautions that you would give? Yeah, I uh, have a section in the book about banishing bad spirits and how to know if the creative spirit, quote unquote, that you may be working with is actually a bad spirit. Like if they're asking you for favors, if they're telling you things that aren't true or hyperbolic things that are just too good to be true, then it's probably a bad spirit. If you feel drained, super drained after working with them, then it's probably a bad spirit. I highly recommend having protection in place, having a warded place. If you are very sensitive or you're very new, you may want to actually do that casting of a circle as we talked about earlier, just to keep yourself safe. And Uh, I think it's wise to think about those things. And as far as like how much things come through, I do think it can be too much. I think that, um, you know, what my experiences have taught me is that, you know, it can be a very cathartic experience when that happens, but it's not necessarily good. Sometimes it's just an experience. You know, I get that Uh more I'm fire dancing as opposed to writing when I'm writing there is much of me and there's much of the spirit, but dancing, it can be like something has taken over and you don't want to let that go to excesses. So having someone there 
checking on you, making sure you're staying hydrated, making sure you're not overdoing yeah. it. Those are all very important things as, as it, is a grounding practice afterward. Yeah. There, there are experienced junkies, aren't there? Like some people yeah. just want to be so intense and so on the edge and yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think a lot of times artists are very into collaboration and community and how does that fit in with working with magic? Is, is there an intersection for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely think so. I think that you can all set a group intention and work on something together. You can set separate intentions and work on them separately. But kind of having that support, that energy, it's kind of like having the candle flame there. It's kind of like someone's um, making sure you're doing the work making sure you're staying accountable to it, making sure you're putting the time and not just spacing out or just dreaming about things or just thinking about things, which is a great problem that a lot of artists have when they're starting out. Um, mm. So it really grounds the practice, the community does um, to, to help you get through, to get a finished product too. And my husband and I, he's an artist, he's a musician and I'm you know a writer and a fire dancer. We actually put in time separately. And then we come back together and rest and eat food. Um, but you know, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you going to work on? And he asks me the same thing. He's like, what are you going to accomplish? Are you going to finish that chapter? You know, so yeah, goals, bouncing them off each other. is a way to just get that resonance. Perfect. Nice. Estrella, what would you like our, our viewers and listeners to take away um, as far as expectations for your book? You know, what do you want your book to do? Well, I have to um, uh, make a confession about this because um, I used to have a problem completing my art or prioritizing myself and my own art. And you wouldn't think of that with everything I've accomplished. Sure. But, I mean, I blame some of that on my ADHD, uh, but some of it, it was just like not prioritizing myself. So if you want to prioritize your art, this is a great book for that. And also, if you want to learn how to hyper-focus by making a ritual for your creativity. This is the perfect book for that. It'll help you dial in what helps you and kind of block out what doesn't help you. And then it kind of gives you a way to kind of conceptualize the whole art. We work with this idea of the art or the spirit of the art, which is the egregore. Um, it's kind of a common thought form of a thing. I give the example, like there's a thought form of coffee and egregore of coffee. Everyone has knows what that spirit is like, and your art has an egregore as well. And you just have to get to know it and really kind of help it get fleshed out. Yeah, so nice. it's exciting. Like I encourage everyone to undergo the creative process even if they have doubts about themselves, because I wouldn't be here sharing this with you if I hadn't undergone that journey. Fantastic. And I'm so excited that uh, one of our, our listeners or viewers, depending on which way they catch us, podcast or, or radio or videocast, will get a free copy of your book from Llewellyn Publishers. Um, Estrella, how can people reach you if they wanted to connect? The best way to reach me is on my webpage, astrayataylor.com, where I have books for sale and other offerings, as well as a few freebies. I also have uh, an, an Instagram page at astrayataylor.com. And, and we'll just spell Astrea, A-S-T-R-E-A. Yes. Yeah, and Taylor. Yeah, the traditional way. Thank you so much. It was really wonderful to meet you and uh, have, a, have a great evening. Thanks. I hope you do, too. Thanks, everyone. Take care. 
That was Estrella Taylor, inspiring creativity through magic. Stay tuned for part three of Mystic Fix when we return with tarot card readings. to Mystic Fix with Julia Gordon-Bramer on News Talk STL. Our tarot card readings today are going to be with some past guests on Mystic Fix, astrologers Eric Rosen and Catherine Rankovic. Let's take a listen. Our spiritual journey tonight will begin. Can't outrun your fate. Let me tell you about you. I know who you are, what you are, and why you have come. Take a good look at these cards, young man. They contain all the secrets of the universe. What does it say? So I am going to read for my guest, Eric Rosen. Have a, give the cards a little bit of a mix up there. <laughs> and we'll see if, if the astrology and the tarot have some sort of chemical yeah, reaction. Right. Yeah. Be fantastic. <laughs> Demonstrating the effectiveness of both. Right. And what do you want to know? You know what? I'm just going to roll the dice and ask about romance. Because okay. something thought it was going one way and then kind of was going a different way. So it'll be interesting okay. to see what comes up. Is there, usually I ask for a first name for the, of the person you're thinking of. Are you so, okay with that? Uh, or so, you can do a letter. If well, there, there, so I, there was someone, but then I was like, nope, this feels like lust. And so I pulled away, but then I also felt like I pulled away my energy almost like completely from even being open to romance. And it's oh. like, I'm trying to understand that decision, that timing, or like what I'm choosing to call in or not call in. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're not naming a person. We're right, just looking right. at romance in general. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So this handsome man is single. <laughs> Eric, you have some really powerful cards. And what I want to tell you first off, um, I'm not seeing love with a capital L this year, mm -hmm. but it's because you have so much to do, mm -hmm. like that's really significant. Mm -hmm. So it may be that you pulled away because your higher self just knows, yeah, this isn't quite the time. Um, and you and I have talked outside of Mystic Fix that you may be moving or something. And that's another thing where why would you get yourself in a solid relationship if you're going to leave St. Louis, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So that pertains to our first card, the world. The world is a card sometimes of travel, but always about self-actualization and reaching your highest potential. Mm -hmm. So that's your first goal, not romance. Mm -hmm. So you've got a little I time. I was coming. <laughs> <laughs> You also have temperance, mm -hmm. which is awesome in a romance card because it's about balance. Mm -hmm. And I do think you want 
you want that perfect partner, that perfect sync. So the the other thing I know about you is is you're you're doing workshops in masculinity and you and I have talked about wouldn't it be wonderful for you to have that feminine counterpart. And so yeah, um, I, I think I think that that's the goal. Um, I love that it's a major arcana card. I mean, honestly, we have seven cards here, and one, two, three, four of them are major arcanas. So this is a huge turning point kind of year for you of very big change, very big development. And when you find romance, you want to be perfectly in sync with that partner. Yeah. You you don't want to just have a fling or mm-hmm. you see if it, you know. This isn't a girlfriend. This is a your other half kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've got the moon in reverse. And this is just telling me um, things are sketchy right now. Mm-hmm. And you don't know where you're going to be from day to day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the moon can also be an interesting card. You know, it, it can be a very feminine card because the moon runs on a 28-day cycle like the female menses. Mm-hmm. And so in reverse, it may be that you're just like, well, you know, the girls my age, they want to hurry up and get married and have babies, and I'm not quite ready for that, you know. And we have the complication of your page of cups, which is the child that I know you already have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is just saying there's a lot of baggage around. It's not just falling in love with somebody. Mm-hmm. It's falling in love with the perfect partner mm-hmm. who will love your child as their own, mm-hmm. who's in the right kind of spiritual development that you're in. Mm-hmm. And that's going to take just a little bit longer mm-hmm. than this year because so much is happening to you. Right. So your next card is the star in reverse. This is running in around the six-month place. Now, if in the traditional deck, this is this beautiful naked maiden, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's a card about dreams coming true. Mm-hmm. And when it's in reverse, it's just saying not yet. Mm-hmm. So it's not a it's not a giving up card, but mm-hmm. it is a you got other things to do. What do you have to do? You have to be the king of rods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he is our enthusiastic king. He is a go-getter. And he's about fun, and he's also the sexy king, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I don't see you being alone, um, but I don't see you saying you found your partner this year either. Yeah. And you're finishing out with the Seven of Swords, which is about seizing the day, grabbing the opportunity, and making things happen. You are in the right place at the right time for all of this spiritual growth, all of this development. Mm -hmm. And that's where the energy is going right now. So talk to me in a year, and we're probably both going to be really impressed about what's happened. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome sauce. (laughs) Thank you. You bet. Thank you so much. And now we will read for our other astrologer guest, Catherine Rankovic. Catherine, do you have an idea of something you'd like me to look at today? Yes. Are you able to tell me... um, what, what I can, can do, do to get closer to God this year. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a look. I've been doing a lot of prayer and working with saints. And just wanting to know um, what God's will is for me. Well, I'm, of course, in the state of transition, just uh, retired. Um, uh, just retired, my, my, just dissolved my business and have a health condition. And I just need guidance. Okay. Just general spiritual guidance. Okay.
Your first card, Catherine, is the Hierophant, which tells me you do everything right. <laughs> you know, the Hierophant follows the laws, follows the rules. Um, your practice looks careful. Um, you're not, you know, I, I spoke with someone earlier on the phone today who just showed a sort of surrendering, surrendering to all feeling, but really didn't have a plan. You have the plan. You know, and, and, and I, I think, think for the, the most part that works for you, except now you've got a Knight of Pentacles in reverse. And, and so um, you're, you've changed direction. Uh, retirement will do that, of course. And so you're like, I don't know which way to go now. Five of Rods in reverse says everything feels like a struggle, but in reverse, it's usually with yourself. So I will add that wands or rods um, are energy. And so you and I are friends, and I know that you have basically a nerve condition, right? An energy condition. So that makes sense. That's probably the physical body. Now, the interesting thing about this is we asked about spiritual guidance for you. And I'm seeing a gift in what you're going through in the body as being, you know, maybe symbolic or something that you can tap from or, or learn from in a way for your growth. Now, the curious thing about this is your top card is Six of Cups in reverse. This energy condition, as I see it, has roots all the way in your childhood. And then there is pain there because it's in reverse. So I do believe that you could have at least, you know, maybe not total spiritual or physical healing, but some physical relief by doing some of that deep inner work it going, going back, back into, into your childhood. childhood. Now, now, as we, we go forward, forward, we have the Four, four of Cups. cups. This, this is a card of being particular. It's not settling. You know, you know this guy's being offered cups or love and emotion. This guy's like, nope, not interested. And, and so, so this, this is just telling me, use that. You are, you are choosy. Some people may even think you're difficult. But this, this says you're not going to settle, and it's, it's telling you don't settle. Um, if, if, if a job doesn't feel like it's your caliber of work, if, uh, if a person doesn't feel like they're quality enough, you move along. You don't need to waste your time uh, with people you don't want to be with, with work you don't want to do. You do, you do have, have the two of pentacles in reverse going forward, and this is our juggler, and pentacles, of course, are the gold coins, so this is money. So you are juggling money, and in reverse, it does feel a little bit like robbing Peter to pay Paul. So there's some borrowing, there's some, I'll put this bill off, I'll maybe have to cut back a little bit. But ultimately, the nine of pentacles says, this time next year, you do like your life, you like your lifestyle. Um, I would encourage you, if money is a true issue, then you're going to want to do some money work. And what I mean by that is, is on manifesting money for money's sake. I talk to my clients too often about they have the things they want, but if we if we have the money in the bank, then we can get whatever we want. You know, what we put our mind on growth. So too often people say, oh, I really need a new car. And they get that car, but there's a price to that car. And if you just had like a solid hunk of bucks in the bank, you know, you would have a lot more freedom and a lot less pressure. This is pressure. But 
I, I like, your like your life. I like, I like where, where you're ending up. Um, I, find I find it really interesting that, that I think some of your physical challenge has roots in your childhood, and that's, that's up for you to process and heal as far as your spiritual growth and maybe even physical healing. Thank, Thank you. you. The, condition the condition is genetic. It runs in the family. family. It, it is indeed. Uh, go back, back all the way to childhood. childhood. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Thank, Thank you, Julia. If you like what I do, and if you'd like to learn more about how to read tarot cards and what it's like to be a professional tarot card reader, and if you want to get some of the juicy stories that I've encountered in uh, this interesting life of mine, you're going to want to check out my forthcoming book, Tarot Life Lessons. It's all the stories from my journals of what it's like to be a tarot card reader. My publisher is Destiny Books. It will be released November 7th, 2023, but you can pre-order it now on amazon.com. Mystic Fix would not be possible without comma flight. What is comma flight? You really have to see it to understand. It is a practice with three layers to it. There is the foundational practice where both partners engage in core-like exercise like yoga and dance, acquiring knowledge of the movements. The second layer is energy flow. Uh, The masculine foundation provides the strength and cultivates trust. And the feminine energy learns to let go and surrender, feeling safe and supported. In the third level of comma flight, there's heightened pleasure and playfulness, unique twists and fun. Do you want to see it for yourself? Please visit comma flight on Instagram. That's K-A-M-A-F-L-I-G-H-T. They're getting ready for another workshop retreat at the Chosen Retreat Center in Sebastian, Florida. Check it out once again, K-A-M-A-F-L-I-G-H-T. Well, that's all the time we've got today. We hope you've enjoyed this. If you would like to be registered for our free book giveaway, please visit mysticfix.com. That's also where you can get a free tarot card reading on this show. Until then, if you're um, on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're on the radio, please come on over to YouTube and see what you're missing because the show's a little longer over there and just a little more fun. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. 